All right, we're going to talk about something that might make a few people mad. Martial arts is not the same thing as self-defense. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. So you actually posted a TikTok about this a little while back, and we did not get as much hate as I thought we would on this. I, I really thought that we would get a lot more hate. Actually, I had like one person says, you know, thank you for saying this because it's true. You know, so many people out there equate a you know a martial artist as someone who can defend themselves in any situation or in a lot of situations. And then there's the other end of that where people completely discount martial arts for self-defense at all. And it's not really... Neither one of those are right. It all depends on who the instructor is. Maybe. It does. We get a lot of those questions as well. Like, hey, like I'm about to start doing martial arts. What is the best style for self-defense? I both love and hate that question at the same time. I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking like, um, well, any of them can be really good for self-defense as long as you have an instructor that says we are going to teach really good. Yeah, but you're not willing to go out and do a meet and greet with whatever instructor people are about to get. It's like, hey, are you a real martial artist or like, you know, crap? Maybe we should start a service where people can hire us to go out to a school and spend a couple weeks at a school and find out if they're real or not. (laughs) (laughs) He's joking. (laughs) Yes, I know. That would be mean. (laughs) Extremely. It would. Now, I mean, you know, I, I think in that... Let's discuss a little bit about that to begin with. You know, if it doesn't matter the style, every style has, and like we talked about in the TikTok, um, every style has a sport aspect to it. And, you know, most styles are, at their root, really good for self-defense. But if you only focus on the sport aspect of it or, you know, the performance aspect of it in some cases, then it's not. None of them are. And we've we've talked about, I got started in Kyokushin, and I love Kyokushin. I still have, that's still the one that I, I hold to the most, but what we teach as Kyokushin is very different from what a lot of people around teach as Kyokushin. So I think that's what it boils down to. It's going to boil down to a lot, the instructor. But let's look at the, um, okay, the, the sport aspect of Kyokushin. If, if you do not know what Kyokushin is, it's a full contact, uh, what they call knockdown karate. So it's bare knuckle. You're not wearing any kind of protective gear, nothing on your shins or feet and nothing on your fist. And you are punching and kicking. You can, the rules for the sport aspect of it is punches to the body, no punches to the head. You can kick to the legs. You can kick to the body. You can kick to the head. You can knee to the body. You can knee to the head. Um, I guess you could knee to the legs, but anyway. No one does that. No one does that. Um, Unless they're trying to knock someone... Unless they're trying to, like, knock someone off balance. But that's not really a knee strike. That's a takedown. And then you... Yeah, then you have some, like, takedowns. So, the sport aspect of it would make a person very tough. But you don't ever have the experience of getting punched in the head. And that was not like the founder's idea there is for people to so focus on that that they lose that ability to understand how to punch somebody in the head and how to take a punch in the head. 
The reason people get martial arts confused with self-defense is because they do have a good basis and things that can help you with self-defense. You learn the basics of how to do lots of different kinds of strikes. Um, in some forms, you do grappling, which is ground escape and can work for that. Uh, there are a lot of different aspects of martial arts that go into self-defense, but martial arts in itself is not the same thing as self-defense. Yeah. I guess the question you would really be, have to ask is, could self-defense be considered a martial art? <clears throat> hey, that's a, that's a really good question because, um, you know, we have trained with the guys from Cobra. Um, we did that certification process. We did all that mess. And in the process of that, they adamantly do not like you or, you know, basically forbid you. If you're teaching a Cobra defense course, um, they basically forbid you from marketing it as self-defense in any way. Even they don't like reality-based martial arts. I'm sorry, not self-defense. They don't want you to market as martial arts in any way. They don't want the term reality-based martial arts. They don't want anything like that. They don't want martial arts in any kind or form of advertising because of the things that it also brings. But is self-defense a martial art? Yes. What is a martial art? What's a martial art mean? What's what's the words mean? Do you know, Kylie? <laughs> okay. Uh, basically, you know, what martial is a art form or a way of war, a way of fighting. You know, and the art is basically, so it's just an art of fighting. So if you don't have the fighting aspect of it anymore, is it a martial art? You know, let's let's go to, my goal is to do this entire podcast without Nate pulling out and pointing out styles in a negative light. <laughs> or, <laughs> or people in a negative light. We might tell some stories here, but uh, we're going to, try to keep it as generic as possible just in case people listen to this and then get really really mad at us i feel like kylie needs to do a podcast all on her own <laughs> just hello and welcome to the kylie show <laughs> like she comes up with a topic relating to self-defense and she does the whole podcast on it because that might be the only way to get her to speak <laughs> but jenna she's such a good public speaker I told her the other night. She's a good public presenter. Yes. I was telling her the other night, and we were way off topic already. Uh, We're we're just a couple minutes into this, and we're already off topic. Uh, I was telling her the other night, as I am then editing the videos, because either I edit the videos that we do, or she edits the videos we do. And I was doing it, and I said, you know, Kylie, you really are. And I know you like to joke and say you're not a public speaker. I said, but you really are a very good presenter. And when she gets in that presentation mode, I mean, she is very engaging as a person. So it's a very good job. You just need to, like, build some confidence in speaking in front of people. And, like, using your own words and things. Yeah. You've just got to get more confident in using your own words. Yeah, I think Kylie is basically becoming kind of a little bit of a staple on the podcast. We're going to have her here. She may not say a whole lot, but she's here. (laughs) So you'll hear her giggle in the background. You may hear her just kind of... <laughs> you may hear her just kind of, you know, say something every once in a while. But hopefully, over time of sitting here in front of the mic, you will become a little more confident in saying stuff. I'm anyway, trying. you're trying. That's good. 
Anyway, let's try to get back on topic. So our goal is not to talk about particular people, particular styles, or anything. Uh, there are some styles. If you're going to say, I'm really interested in self-defense, what should I do? I would say, as a general rule, if they look like they're dancing, probably don't go for them. If they look like they're doing something off of Avatar The Last Airbender, probably also crap. <laughs> well, let's not say crap, because the instructor themselves might do some really good stuff. Okay, I am not, and I'm... And I just said, but I'm not going to talk about a particular style. I just heard a guy talking about a particular style of Kung Fu. Kung Fu has like 300 styles to it. So you're not calling out Kung Fu. You're just... I'm not calling out Kung Fu because there are some really good stuff out there. And then there's some really crappy stuff out there. But anyway, this guy is talking about a particular style of Kung Fu. And he was like, you know, well, I don't have a whole lot of respect for that style as a self-defense art. Uh, but after listening to him... I would go learn from him because he has a different aspect and a different, you know, theory behind teaching. So he has this way about teaching where he really, really focuses on self-defense. So in that case, I actually feel pretty good about, you know, something he would do. I know, but if the techniques themselves look like something off of Avatar The Last Airbender, those particular moves may not be the most applicable to something. Have you ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Uh, yes, Kylie and I started watching the the series, um, and then we kind of stopped. So, we were enjoying it okay. It was okay. It was just not really super engaging for us. That might make a few people mad as well, because there's some super fans of that stuff. We have some in our family that are super fans of that. Me too. I've never been big on it, but there are others. So, anyway... <laughs> Um, off, topic, off topic again. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, basically, if you are looking at, you're looking at what they do, and it's something like they're doing something, you're looking at, I, no, I don't want to say that. Because sometimes you can look at, like, people doing forms or kata or whatever you want to call them, and sometimes there's really, really good stuff in there, but most people don't understand how to actually apply it. Okay. Um, it's just... There's, there's no good way to say this style is good, this style is bad, because for the most part, every style was created, and it is not really a style. It was just like, these dudes over here fight this way, and then after a while, they became more well-known for the way they fought, and it just kind of grew, and, and then somehow it became a style. people to fight the same way. Yeah, and uh, somehow it just became its own style. Um and then some things were meant to create a style as it is. Um, man, I don't feel like we're really on topic very well today. <laughs> is mar- <laughs> martial arts is not the same thing as self-defense. Martial arts is not the same as self-defense. Martial arts is not the same as self-defense, but is self-defense a martial art? Yes. Despite what people want to call it, self-defense is a martial art. Is wrestling a martial art? Yes. Is boxing a martial art? Yes. These are all forms of fighting. If it's a form of fighting to where I am working to fight with someone else, it's a martial art. No, we're not saying that if all you know is self-defense and you just take a self-defense class that you should jump into a mixed martial arts ring. No, oh, that's no. not what we are saying. <laughs> no, everything is different. And the, uh, even like mixed martial arts, you have this sport aspect of it. Uh, another one, like, okay, we, we talked about 
for me, kind of the two biggest arts that I enjoy the most, and I've got black belts and a few different things, and it kind of like branches off a little bit. But let's, you have uh, Kyokushin, which works really well when you're working, looking in like kickboxing and stuff like that as well. Once somebody actually learns boxing and punching in the face, too many schools have concentrated just purely on the sport aspect of Kyokushin, and they don't actually teach legitimate martial arts. And they don't actually, um, you know, teach legitimate self-defense. And all they do is they go in there and get really tough guys. Um, I was going to say tough guy syndrome. I guess that was it. Um, and then they just like punch and kick each other and, you know, work all that stuff and get used to that. Is it, will it help somebody in self-defense? Absolutely. But does it mean they're teaching everything is legitimate self-defense? No. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, when you're doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a lot of times people don't focus on the self-defense aspect of it. You look at the sport aspect of it, and the sport aspect of Jiu-Jitsu is grappling with dudes on the ground, and very rarely do you ever do any takedowns, and even less likely is a punch or kick ever thrown. And so, you know, the joke in the MMA community, at least used to be, was how do you turn a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt into a white belt? You just keep beating him until he, you know, loses the ability to keep going. You know, it's, that's that whole, the more you punch somebody, the less they are likely or are able to think, especially if they're not used to being punched. So, you have that sport aspect of Jiu-Jitsu that does not throw any strikes. So, will it help somebody in self-defense? Absolutely. But then what happens if there's multiple attackers and you're trying not to be on the ground because you never know when another guy's going to come up and soccer kick you in the face, which has actually happened to someone I know. Um, and then, like, what happens when you're on concrete and there's broken glass around? Do you really want to be on the ground? Um, what happens when you're on the ground with somebody and all of a sudden they start elbowing you in the face and, oh, man, I'm not used to this, you know? And uh, we look at that, we take it through all the way to MMA, Love MMA, competed in MMA, um, did really well in MMA. But would I say that my MMA fighting has prepared me for real-world self-defense? Some. It's a great base. You know, it's a great base, but is it actual, like, full-out, I can count on it 100% of the time self-defense? No. Why? Because there's weapons out there. Guess what they do not allow in the ring? Weapons. <laughs> exactly. Not allowed to shift somebody. <laughs> So you don't have weapons, you don't have, like, you can't hit somebody, in the, which I don't think oh, you man, should. Oh, man, I'm losing time to stab them. <laughs> I don't think you should be able to do these things. It's a sport, and for it to stay a sport, it should keep the rules that it has. So, you know, you can't gouge somebody's eyes out, you can't grab somebody's groin or hit them in the groin, you can't, like, you know, like crush their throat, you, can't, you know. But then, again, that doesn't say that... You know, just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's too complicated of a subject in a lot of ways. But I think too many people simplify it one way or the other. Okay. So we've talked about martial arts. What classifies the martial arts is self-defense on martial arts. A martial art. As far as self-defense goes, what do we classify as self-defense? Where does the line separate between self-defense and sport? I think you have to pressure test. Yeah. If there's no pressure testing to it, it is not legitimate self-defense. I know some people that they go, they have their, their martial arts classes, 
and they go from white belt to black belt, the only kind of actual pressure testing they get is inside their point sparring. Point sparring is not a good indicator of self-defense kind of pressure. And, and even when you have certain things like, again, trying not to name certain, certain styles, even styles that I have done in the past, um, where you have certain set self-defense techniques and then you do these self-defense techniques. And essentially, they turn into a little miniature kata or miniature form. That's really all they turn into. And you do them with a partner. But you don't actually do it with the pressure from your partner. They are there to kind of show that you can pull it off, quote-unquote, pull it off. But they are not giving you resistance. So you don't get that feel for it. So basically, I think if you are not pressure testing and really really trying it it's not it's not legitimate self-defense i feel like everybody's kind of like just advocating to me for these answers today so what do you think about what question (laughs) i don't know i answered like five right there come on i know i I don't know which one i'm answering uh okay now in your opinion what makes it legitimate self-defense what would actually classify as something being if you go up and you see a school, you see some people doing things, um, and you're trying to decide, do I want to work with these people? Okay, it's a martial arts school. That's cool. I love martial arts. But are they going to teach me real self-defense? What are the things you're going to look for? Okay. Well, you answer the first part, which is pressure testing. I'm going to look and see if they're actually training with momentum and building up momentum to see if something actually works when it's under pressure. Um, The next is I'm going to look at if they work with me on like how my body works, how my mind works, finding things that actually work for me in that situation because some things that work for you don't work for me and some things that work for me don't work for you. So if there's variation and they're willing to work with me and find ways that actually do work, if something doesn't work for me, even if I get good at it and do this, if I just cannot get to it when the pressure is on, if they're going to help me find something that does work. That's something that I look for is just modification because well you're my instructor you know like i my body works in some no, weird ways sometimes you are <laughs> just a little over five foot tall and just a little over 100 pounds i don't share either one of those two traits <laughs> but we, so you know we have to think these things through and say okay well there are things that you can do that i cannot and there are vice versa there are things that i cannot or i can do that this just doesn't you know, there are some things that I can go like, okay, I'm just going to power through this move. You're not doing that, you know? And that's no yeah, offense to you, no, but there's like just, things you can like true. slip out of that I couldn't slip out of to save my life. I know. So. A lot of my tactics in grappling is just slipping out of someone else's maneuvers. And I am absolutely great at that, but I've got to find the actual moves that I can hold someone, you know? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. what someone has to work with me on. I can't just power through, through some of the things like you would. Okay, for example, one of the techniques that we do... Um, to get off of the ground when you have someone in guard um, is the scissor sweep. That one works for me if I'm with someone similar or just above my height or my weight. Um, But when it comes to a grown man, that technique has never really worked for me. And it's just, just sometimes they just don't. 
someone else my size might be able to get it. I don't know. But for me particularly, it's not something that I've ever been able to get to work well for me. And I know this is not really a, a podcast moment. But after this is over, remind me because I've been meaning to show you a modification that I think Mike actually helped uh, with you. See, exactly. Modifications. So, <laughs> despite that move not working well for me, there are other things that Brian has taught me and worked with me on to get me to a point where even if I can't do that particular move to get off of the grounding guard, I can do something else that will help me get there. It's just... All in modification. If someone is willing to take the time and work and see how to get something to you, either get something to work for you or find something else that does, that's something I'm going to look for is, is it suitable to lots of different kinds of people or is it one straight line that you're not supposed to differ from? You know, is it just you have to learn these techniques or is it, you need to learn techniques that will work for you. So I'm going to look for if it's adjustable to lots of different kinds of people because there are certain things that are kind of a flat line that that should work for basically everyone. And self-defense should be something that can be taught to most people. But also with self-defense, if it's something that isn't working for someone, it should be modifiable to fit them something that can that you can easily change to work for more people that's something i'm going to look for and you know a not so high and mighty attitude like if the instructor has a superman syndrome where he thinks he can't be beaten or you know i'm going to have trouble with that just because everybody is human there's always someone who can beat them yes so if they have that kind of superhuman complex I know that they're not likely to work with me or go well with all of the questions that I will ask. Kylie, if your father was not your instructor and you said, hey, I think I want to go, I have done all the stuff that I've done so far, and I think I want to go train with someone in self-defense, what are you going to look for? Pressure testing. Pressure testing? Yeah. That's a really long answer. I know. (laughs) Okay, so... Pressure testing, kind of the number one thing for everybody. Being able to modify things, yes. The problem with is with this in all of these situations is it's really hard to see this in a martial arts school and, you know, very quickly. Um, so you could waste a lot of time. You could waste a lot of time. And a lot of money. So if I am suggesting to someone like Styles. And I really hate suggesting styles to people. Because I, I really do. They all have the different philosophies. They... But there are styles that are more easily... Even if you don't have an instructor whose primary goal is self-defense, there are styles that ad- still adapt more easily to self-defense than others. Yes. Um, okay, if you're going to talk about... Let's think for a moment. And Just your most at, baseline. Yeah. Um, and, and admittedly, I'm going to be biased. I can't help but be biased in these situations. So if you're looking at more traditional styles, um, something like Kyokushin, something like, um, hmm, I'm trying to think in, in the real kind of traditional styles. Because we move from traditional to semi-traditional to like not traditional at all. So, if you want something kind of traditional, I'm going to suggest something like Kyokushin, Enshin Karate, Ashihara Karate, 
uh, something along those lines. Um, and depending on whether you think judo is a traditional style, a semi-traditional, I'm going to put judo in there. Um, oh, let's go back. Let's go back for a second. No, let's not, because I would not. <laughs> I'm going to say Japanese jiu-jitsu can be really, really good traditional style, but it may not be. I And really, that was like heavily, heavily going to depend on the instructor. Because I've seen some really, like, really good Japanese jiu-jitsu. I'm like, dude, you are phenomenal. And then I've seen some Japanese jiu-jitsu. I look at these people going like, you guys are crap. <laughs> so, you know, um, and not naming any names, but, you know, it's just, it, it's going to come down to the instructor. I think even more there. Um, so something along those lines, admittedly that all of these answers are biased again, semi-traditional, we're going to look at judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, people will argue with me over that's traditional martial art or whatever, you're wearing geese, you're definitely some type, at least a little bit traditional martial art. Um, then as you move into non-traditional martial arts, we're going to talk kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai, um, and there is a difference between Muay Thai and kickboxing. Um, of the two, I do like Muay Thai better. Um, and then like Shen, Senshu, uh, Kung Fu, which is a Chinese kickboxing. Uh, so some form of kickboxing. Um, you have like mixed martial arts, of course, Krav Maga. Um, you know, these types of things. And this is just like baseline, just like, I think basically under most situations, most of those should be good. Because why in every one of those, there's one common thing to all of them is there is a closer to reality pressure testing in the sport aspect of every single one of those. You know, in Kyokushin, you can go to any Kyokushin school and they're going to spar because they care more about fighting. And it might be the really sport type sparring where you are not really focused on like punching to the head and stuff like that. You can pick, you can go to a boxing gym for six months and pick up everything you really, really need to learn to add boxing to it. But you're going to spar. And your sparring in Kyokushin is going to look more like real fighting than other styles that do point fighting and stuff like that. Okay? Point fighting is not realistic fighting. Can be, if done correctly. And that same instructor can do real stuff. I say this saying that we teach sport karate to kids and we do point fighting with the kids. It's a good basis. But we also teach real self-defense and we do other types of sparring with them as well. You know? And then judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you are actively trying to throw people in judo and do groundwork, and you are actively trying to submit people in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're gonna do it. You know? MMA, you're going to spar with people. You know, and that sparring is very good. Krav Maga. And I, I say this. Going kind of like Japanese jiu-jitsu. Sometimes you run across a really crappy instructor. But I put them um, in that group because most of the time their tests are pressure tests. And even if you are learning some set techniques, they actually make you try, you know, do them. Um, generally speaking. Most cases. Not every case. So a lot of it's going to come down to the instructor because in every single one of those cases as well, you're going to have some really crappy instructors who don't care that much and are just looking for either just money and you'd get that next belt. And I just heard of a situation last night from one of my um, prior students who was talking where somebody was um, buying belts basically off a big name Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy. Well, big name in the community anyway. We'll put it that way. And kind of how he lost some respect for him. And it was somebody that I've trained with, so 
All that to say, everything, you know, any style can be good. And any of them can be give you a good base for self-defense. But I think those would be the styles that I would look for if you are looking for something to get you there quicker. And something to be more likely to help you in a self-defense situation. Again, I'm biased though. Oh, and I forgot to mention Kali. Kali is pretty good as well. It's a little, little Floyd drill heavy, but Kali is pretty good as well. And I can go a little further because Jeet Kune Do can be really good depending. Uh, but anyway, I will digress now. Well, I mean, we've already talked about if any any traditional mart at its core could be good for self-defense, but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how it's being presented and how it's being taught. So, to sum everything up, Martial arts is not, in itself, self-defense. But self-defense is a martial art. And if you're doing martial arts, you may be doing self-defense, but you need to make sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. If you're interested in real self-defense, check out our website, impactdefense.online, or our YouTube, Impact Defense, or our TikTok, or our Facebook, or our Instagram. So, if you're interested in real self-defense, check us out just a little bit more. and uh, Or everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Hit that like and follow button, you know. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you in the next podcast. See you guys. guys. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.